Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Get select Ernie Ball strings, three for ten. Save $100 on a Fender Special Edition Strat, or get a Yamaha Acoustic for just $199. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in-store, now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. Uh, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NBA, the NFL, and fantasy sports. I'm Doug Branson here on this Friday. It's a fun Friday. <laughs> And we are coming to you live from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA beautiful Uptown Charlotte, heart of the Queen City. And dropping in on us live is the one, the only, uh, he goes by a lot of names, mostly curse words, but uh, he's also affectionately known as Steve Bob. Steve Bob. And uh, <laughs> there he is. That was good. I played your intro. You came into the intro. Should you seem no to. Today? You seem to get lost in the curtain there. Hey, why don't you fix that curtain? Hey, all right. Lots of twists and turns here. Okay, come on in. Settle in. Grab your headphones. All right. I don't think you'll need them because uh, we're having a little trouble getting David locked onto this show right now. Hello. I actually have no sound. Oh, you got to plug them in. Come on. Man. There you go. Headphones. They're made to be plugged in. Hey, thanks for joining us here on YouTube. If you're joining us live, youtube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. If you've never watched this show, you truly haven't embraced the chaos that is putting on uh, live video production. So check us out. Again, youtube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets. If you subscribe, you'll get notifications on future shows. Uh, We've got a big show. We're going to preview this Mavs game coming up here in a moment. Plus... Uh, what else are we doing? We've got uh, the oh, the refs are emphasizing a few new things. Want to get you in the know about that as well. Uh, do you like this, Steve? I've got a basketball. This is how you know it's a basketball show. I've got uh, a basketball yes. on the table. I see that. Yep, you got a couple pens dunking into that. That looks it's like a called, very hard to use. This cup. is called accoutrement. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's French for Nic- shit on the desk. Nicholas Batum. <laughs> The one French reference there. All right. No, David? What's going on with that? Yeah, there's some tech difficulties. Oh. It's good. It's preseason for everyone. This That's is right. our final preseason That's right. test. We got a we couple gotta, more. We'll iron these things out uh, and, and get him uh, on the show. Wait, he's calling me. I might be able uh, to get him on the air this way. Mm-hmm. All right, bear with us here. And uh, again, if you've never watched on YouTube, you got you to gotta tune in to see this last second I mean, I can see what's going on on your phone. It's an iPhone. We got an iPhone going in. We're in a full production studio, and we're just plugging in an iPhone. Okay, David, can you hear us? Can you hear me? Oh, my gosh, Woo! yes. Yes, we connecting? did it. We did it, you guys. Looks like we made it. It does look like that. This well, that was a good we show. Celebrate our, this is how we celebrate our 1,000th show. <laughs> oh, wait. I, I, don't need, I don't have to make the sound with my mouth. <laughs> it's good to do both people get a taste of you know how much worse it could be hey double m 15s in the chat right now uh saying what up nest i might uh, double m 15 in honor of you tonight we're going to try 
for the Patreon folks to do a lot of some live post game reactions, like five to seven minutes after the buzzer. And I might start it with What Up Nest in honor of Double M15, who is dedicated uh, to this YouTube show. You're He's not going to go ahead and here. lock that in? You're, you're, you're waffling a bit. No, I'm locking it in. Oh, okay. All right, I'm saying it. that's how I'm going to start. You said I might. I'm be like, what up, Ness? You I'm heard it here we first. Have, do we have TV coverage for tonight, Doug? Because I was looking around okay. for that, and I didn't see any confirmation. That's a great segue. I will explain <laughs> that. The Hornets <laughs> take on the Dallas Mavericks tonight, 6 o'clock p.m. tip for this one. Kind of good news, bad news for all of you that can't make it out to Spectrum. The Hornets will be streaming this on Hornets.com, but according to Rick Bunnell, (laughs) there's always a but Mm. when it comes to preseason coverage. But no, they will not. Uh, Well, no, they will will stream it on Hornets.com, but uh, according to Rick Bunnell of the Charlotte Observer, per NBA rules, it can only be streamed within 75 miles of Spectrum. Dude, I, why? I, I can't keep uh, up I mean, with what all this. That I don't understand. Why? I thought you were, were going to say they could only stream it inside Spectrum Center, which would have made about as much sense. But <laughs> yeah, it makes it sound like more of a technological problem. They're what? like, yeah, we can stream it. You, you should just come to the game. What? Just come to. The game. <laughs> why does the Why does the NBA not want people to see their product in the preseason? It's like, don't don't look at this. Don't look at this right now. We're not ready. This is not regular season. This is preseason. Don't look at this. This is a weird, arbitrary Man. cutoff to the 75 miles. Like, if you're in what if 77 you your miles. Specifically, right. Da- what if David, you your house? on your iPad, yeah. can you look up what, like, what is 76 miles from Charlotte? Find something that's 76 miles from Charlotte. And Assignment. We'll, we'll set yes. up a radius. Yep. We'll <laughs> checkpoints. You have, you have that giant iPad. Use it to Use it to our advantage. Okay, let's talk about this game. The Hornets come into this final preseason game still dealing with illnesses and absences. Jeremy Lamb, Travion Graham, and Michael Carter-Williams are all out for this game. Julian Stone and Terry Henderson are both questionable. No indications that Michael Kidd-Gilchrist has returned to the team yet. He's been out the past two preseason games for personal reasons, though he's not expected at this time to miss any regular season games. It's an opportunity once again for the Hornets to get a look at some younger players like Malik Monk and Dwayne Bacon. They'll get some game speed action, but I think the most important work getting ready for the season might happen after this game and the practices that lead up to the opener. I don't think, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think anyone's going to walk away from this game, this last preseason game, with any indication of what this team's really going to look like in the regular season because it has been... There have been so many injuries, so many different rotations, and so many younger guys getting looks that might not necessarily get as significant a look in the regular season. Yeah, uh, and I feel bad for those guys because, I mean, a lot of the ones that are missing are the guys that really need to shine in this in these preseason games. Like Terry Henderson, I mean, I, I did not know about that guy before last game. And, you know, Julian Stone, again... Those guys. A, if Terry Henderson ends up on the Greensboro Swarm, I want to give them a freebie. He's Terry and the Hendersons. Yeah, Just there you do, go. Do that. I like Just that. Just say okay. that. If he slam, nice. if he hits one of those slam dunks. Oh, I've seen those. Those are that. Now that is an you exciting say, oh, play. Oh, Terry and the Hendersons. I did want to mention Slim Slam. That. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah. One of the best Sasquatch you missed, movies. Steve Bob, you missed Slim Slam. That was a. 
That was a season one. I, I that was a season it. one I joke. Yeah, did I miss it? Did, uh, I think you, you missed it. Yeah, I think you, you weren't really. <laughs> Should chime in in the comics, shout Dougaholics. Out, shout, out, shout out to Slim Slam. <laughs> the original Dougaholic. Um, hey, I, but, but but speaking of dudes like Terry Henderson, Julian Stone, are you guys starting to freak out uh, or back to freaking out about the backup point guard position because it's pretty thin? In wh- case you haven't noticed, well, no one's playing. Yeah, I mean it's 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 weird because like I can't be freaked out by the players that they have because I, I haven't been able to really I can't offer any analysis on Michael Carter Williams or how he'll fit. I can't offer right. any analysis on Julian Stone and how he will fit other than the the one game that we saw against Boston, but it was so early. I mean, he I mean, he did play. I think he played that second preseason game as well. I mean, he's had flashes, but at the same time, you know, he comes in without a lot of NBA experience and then doesn't get a lot of preseason experience. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think the back, you know, and, and the second unit, uh, that second unit organization, both offensively and defensively, was a huge issue last year. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't look like it's going to be resolved, at least in the first part of this season, uh, at all. Yeah, I mean, definitely concerned. That was the thing coming into the season, anyways. With a healthy Michael Carter Williams, uh, people—that's yeah. that's a big question mark already with that guy. You, so obviously, but I would say I, you know, am super pumped about Malik getting that those minutes in, in specifically in that role because. Uh, we didn't consider him for that, I don't think, going into the season. I mean, uh, throughout the preseason, they talked about him, you know, handling the ball more and that that's something that he's done his whole life leading up until that one season at Kentucky. And I like what I've seen from that. I mean, he's obviously raw in general. He he needs to get up to speed to the game uh, in terms of ball handling and decision making, but that's that's the thing you learn. I mean, we've seen it time and time again. Point guards in the league take several years sometimes to to really get to their their uh, top of their game. I didn't think Kemba was was a pure point guard coming into the mm-hmm. NBA, and you know the game kind of changed around him uh, yep. to to better fit his style. And I think Monk is a very similar type of uh, type of uh, point guard to to Kemba ultimately so I'm glad to see him get those minutes and double M15 saying hopefully they play defense that's obviously especially first half defense has been a struggle for the Hornets in the first uh, or in the preseason in general they have not been able to stop teams allowing a lot of 30 point quarters uh, and that's one thing that Steve Clifford pointed out at practice yesterday wants to see more organization on defense I, I think there has been a lot of folk. There was a lot of focus on offense, and I think now maybe they're they're starting to get their defense more more set. Uh, so that's something to look for against uh, this Dallas Mavericks team. And one thing the Mavericks can do, they can score. Uh, they've got they've got a lot of offensive talent on this team. Some some questions about their defense for sure, and about depth, but they can score. So it'll be another challenge. Uh, Rick Carlisle, uh, a coach that always has his team executing well, especially on the offensive end. David, uh, this game. Again, it's tough to say, like, what can we take away from this game? Because I don't think the starters are going to get, uh, ro- you know, starting rotation minutes. I think you're still going to see them play, you know, 25, 26 minutes as they as they try to get some of these young guys more experience. But, I mean, what else will you be watching for in this game? I think the continued development of uh, Dwight Howard, I mean, I guess as much as we see the starters, you know, I mean, Boston played them a bunch the other night, their starters, but I still want to see Dwight continue to develop in that lineup, still see Kimba 
work on some of those lobs or at least working with him. That's something we talked about coming out of last game, their communication, you know, the new options that Kemba especially has. I just think with given all the injuries and Batum out, it's going to come down to those two guys a lot um, to, to start off this season. So how much can they do on the starting unit? And again, I'm enjoying watching Monk and uh, Cody Zeller play together. The, the way he's able to get him some extra looks or some extra room for his looks. And um, I think Monk and Bacon are the shining moments, if you will, out of this preseason. So uh, the, the more time they can get on the floor, even if it's unorganized, which a lot of it is, uh, is going to help them. So I'll be watching for those two guys again tonight. One shining moment. You reach for the stars. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, That's right. Also, also a basketball team name, uh, Last Shining Moment. Just what? Explain, yeah. explain. That's my championship winning basketball team. We've talked about it The Shining together, Moments? The Last Shining Moments. We just shorten it like to moments, you know, like the Blazers do from, from the, the Trailblazers. The Last Shining Moments? That's correct, because we're all kind of, old. Oh, I get it. But here's like, the thing: we've had we we we've had many many shining moments, and so we don't know when the last one. You is. always you always want to wreck basketball team name that requires a ton of explanation. Felt like it. Felt like it needed that. Now it makes it. I was, I was. We needed David to to laugh at that right there. Now it just feels like I'm being mean to him. There's nothing funny about that. It wasn't nothing funny. funny about that's that. they they take their wreck basketball seriously. I, yeah. Well, everyone that plays basketball does, Doug. You would know that though. Hey, yeah, you, you would know about that, Doug. That's right. You know, you know who needed. Uh, you knew. You know who needed a shining moment last night. It was the Carolina Panthers. Uh, they Stop lose it. to the 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 Philadelphia Eagles. Tough stuff. But uh, if you want analysis from that game, you got to go to Locked On Panthers, hosted by Bill Rossetti uh, on daily, giving you uh, um, you know the news and analysis on the Carolina Panthers, similar to what we do here for the Locked On Network. So check it out. Search Locked On Panthers wherever you get your podcast. Yo, everybody get up. Everybody get up. Everybody needs to understand that I'm more than simply a hype man for this rap group, just like Geico is more than just a company that can save you money. Geico also has fast and friendly claim service so they can help you when you need it most. And while I do love being a hype man, I also love reading for children's audiobooks. Like Little Bo Peep, she lost the sheep and she don't know where to find them. Go! Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Let's uh, shift gears to the Mavericks side of the ball. The Mavericks will be on the second night of a road back-to-back. Don't see those often in preseason. The Mavericks veterans were rested last night against the Hawks. Guys like Dirk Nowitzki, Wesley Matthews, Harrison Barnes all got to sit and rest. Uh, Meanwhile, they will figure to see action tonight. So the Hornets uh, fans and Spectrum Center, they get to see some uh, Maverick stars, but uh, the Hornets will be certainly tested by their talent. I'm sure ACC fans will want to get a look at Mavericks rookie Dennis Smith Jr., 2017 ACC Freshman of the Year for NC State. Um, with starting point guard Seth Curry dealing with a stress reaction injury, both he and Yogi Ferrell are seeing extended time at the guard position. And uh, Smith Jr. has been on several NBA highlight reels already. We've been impressed with Malik Monk, guys. But uh, early early on, hasn't Dennis Smith been every bit of what made us covet him in the NBA draft? Oh, yeah. Didn't he turn an ankle last night? Did he? Breaking yeah, news. 
He left the preseason game against the Hawks oh, last night go. with a sprained left ankle. My so goodness! I, I, Thanks I don't for know that. If we will see him. Thanks for that news hit. I appreciate it. I wanted you to. I wanted you to get your preview out about to, him and, and then say. Well, there you go. Play. So sorry, guys. Uh, yeah. Probably no Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> for this one. Um, well, yeah, that's a bummer. That I'm is still a bummer. Gonna, you know what? I'm still going to talk about him because he's okay. been because he'll be. That's an ankle sprain. It's not a big deal. He'll be back. Uh, he's an inter- interesting player because he was one that. You know, I think all of us targeted for the Charlotte Hornets, hoping he would fall. Um, but one thing I oh, yeah. ha- one thing I have noticed about Dennis Smith Jr. is that on the defensive end, he does kind of the James Harden thing, where he sort of glides slowly around the the area that he's supposed to be in, and waits until the very last moment that he has to react to something and then reacts to it. Which is kind of now he has the size and strength to recover. So, you know, and he can make those make those plays, get through those screens that that some guys can't early on because they don't have that bulk. You know, Dennis Smith has that bulk, but it sort of stands in sharp contrast to Malik Monk, who on defense is sort of he's aware in the sense of he knows where to be. He just doesn't know, like, you know, when to react and when to close out and how far he needs to be on those closeouts. But he's always moving. He's always active. And he has the effort down, just doesn't have the execution down, and he doesn't have the strength to move through some of those screens effectively. So you got two, you got two guys there doing some different things on defense. I always feel like when people the the defensive part of this, it's it's like the the version of like hot people not having to be smart. You know, like if your whole life you're just I do know. amazing. David, David knows, knows what I'm David talking knows, about. David knows on, on both yeah, sides of this. And David, you'll get the other side of this too. Because when you're a, a gifted, gifted scorer, when you when your hands have been touched by by the Lord of Basketball, just to put the ball through the net. I mean, I would never play defense either. If I Dennis Smith right. Jr. scored like 50 points a game in high school, he's like, yeah, I'm good on the defense, guys. Uh, no, you're no, you're so t- they got to learn it at the next level. They, like no one's ever blown by them like repeatedly. So it's like probably a, a bit of a no. I think you're right. I think that mentality it, it sticks with a lot of guys, and it's a wake up call when they come into the NBA and realize, oh, if I don't have some semblance of two way play, it's not like Dwayne Bacon who wants to be like the greatest two way player of all time. But if you don't <laughs> right. have some semblance of two way play, then for some coaches. That's going to, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's going to prevent you from playing. Yes, exactly. Well, yeah, and, and because the defensive level of guys in the NBA is going to be different than the defensive level of guys in college. So just because you can score in college doesn't mean you will be able to score in the NBA. So you have to add that other facet to your game. But, you know, amongst such a gifted score and, you know, in Dennis Smith's defense, towards the end of that NC State season, there was really no reason for him to sacrifice anything <laughs> and, and risk, a, you know, a, a high lottery pick for that team that was going down in flames. Um, so, yeah, both these guys have to learn that, but uh, they certainly have other things going on for their games. I guess, I guess my point to all of that, guys, was that Malik Monk uh, has something – that will help him develop. Now, whether he develops his defensive game or not, he has. I think he has the tools, and you can see the tools that he needs to develop his defensive game once he gets a little stronger. Del Curry put it best. It's called hustle, will, determination. That's it. That He has that, and you can see that. You can see the building blocks are there to be a decent defensive player. It's just going to take probably two seasons 
to and, develop and under that. Clifford and under Clifford, that's something that we talked about a lot when Jeremy Lin was here. You know, not the most gifted, like natural defender or or yeah. super athletic guy, but he wanted to do it. He was smart enough to know what to do and to be in the right place. And he was able to be pretty effective on defense. And I think that's all that Clifford asked for, right? Is the the want to and the and the effort. And so if you got that, then you can be a a serviceable defender. All right, shout out to Mavs assistant Daryl Armstrong, former sixth man of the year, pride of Gastonia, and Ashbrook High School, my alma mater, go Green Wave. And the mm-hmm. Hornets face off again early tip, 6 o'clock p.m. there in Spectrum Center. Or if you're in within 75 miles of Spectrum Center, you can uh, hit up Hornets.com. Right. Oh, update. I got a radius update for you, Doug. Woo, radius update. Greensboro, you're out of luck. Greenville, get out of here. Asheville, no thank you. Florence, sayonara. Winston-Salem, we'll see. Stand Enjoy by. the game. Spartanburg, have fun tonight. Rock game Hill, over, look man. forward to the Hornets. Game over. Who, who's uh, the closest on the cusp there? Who's on the, who's on the bubble? Winston-Salem is, I mean, Ooh. there is the radius is going, is splitting Winston-Salem in half. So, wow. like, it, it, it's going to be tight. This is going to test friendships in Winston-Salem tonight, you know. Bonds will be I'm, will be forged and broken. Uh, thoughts and prayers to half of Winston-Salem. Get over, hey, to, get guys, over to Krusty's Bar on the east side where you can <laughs> catch, <laughs> maybe catch the Hornets' hey. preseason game against a team Did with get, no exciting rookie on it. Did you guys know that uh, you know who else is a mass assistant? I just saw this on the Twitter. Hit me. God Sham God. Oh yeah, baby. I don't know who Did this. You guys know I, that? Well, I saw that you tweet. I don't know who this is. Oh my oh, god. God Sham God is a legend. There's actually is, uh, is he is he indeed a god? Yeah, I mean literally that is his he's name. He's a god. He's not the god. Right. Um, he some say right. though he is the but like the handles god. The bad, like yeah, the, exactly. He's like the he's the peak like New York City point guard handle guy. Um, people still people still talk about him when I went to five star basketball camp way 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 back in the day. I was about three or four years removed from him being there, and they were still gushing over him then. And I'm sure people still tell tales of him now he played at providence doug you may be able to look up some of the highlights on youtube for you younger folks i suggest you do it because he uh he truly was god of the handles as steve said and and he has a move uh called it's called the god it's called the sham god it's basically uh he, he throws the ball out in front of himself and then pulls it back with the other hand it's hard to explain <laughs> But uh, Russell Westbrook did it last season. I mean, a lot of guys have been doing it, but Westbrook had what? the definitive Sh- one. Show me. I, it's like you got to take like five steps. I'm doing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> listen, just listen to Dave. That was it. Hey, we've got a listener email from John. John says, I love the motion on offense that leads to these monstrous lobs to D12. And it's even more entertaining when you can see the play developing early huge addition to the offense that's going to play a huge role this season. But is it weird that part of me hates seeing Cody Zeller having to come off the bench and see a lesser role? He looks like he's in great shape. He's packed on a ton of muscle. Do you see him getting some solid minutes with the starting unit where he played so well last year? Or will this be a more permanent move to the second unit? Thanks so much for your question, John. You can email your questions to buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com. What do you have for John, David? Uh, David... Broke himself with the sham god. David may have crossed himself up. Sorry, sorry, guys. Still doing the sham god over here. Um, (laughs) It takes a while. No, I do think Cody's going to have some minutes with the starters for sure. I think Clifford, you know, could be going back and forth on this. 
um, for the first part of the season. I don't know that he'll that he'll waffle on it, but I mean I, that was a tough decision, I think. And Cody played so well with the starters last year. Yeah, I think he'll definitely see some minutes up there um, with him. And, and let me just second that he does look like all of Australia this year. He looks fantastic. The shower, David saw him in the shower. Um, no, so let me let me let's be clear. Like Dwight Howard is the starter. Cody Zeller yeah. moved to the second unit. That is a permanent move, but. We've seen, uh, you know, Cody's had his injury issues. Dwight obviously uh, has dealt with back issues in the past. Played uh, played a lot of games the past two seasons, but he certainly he will have nights when he needs to rest. So yes, there will be times when Cody gets a chance with the starters. I would think, um, but look, they made this move because they they wanted somebody at the center position who was physical defensively could allow wings to play up on defense and stop some of these drives that were killing them because it was the drive and the kick that was killing them from the three-point arc and if you can stop the drive if you can make that if you can make that ball handler hesitate then you allow you know you allow better chances to recover to the three-point line so they wanted that defensively they wanted a force inside offensively as well and and they liked the idea of having Cody's talents his ability to run the pick and roll uh, you know they they loved it with Nick Batum. It's going to be a little bit before Batum's back out there, but they loved that idea of having that on the second unit and and giving the second unit a chance to play well offensively, especially at the top of that fourth quarter. So so John, to answer your question, yes, this was a permanent move, um, but you, you know I think Cody Zeller is going to get plenty of playing time this season. Also. Uh, you mentioned the Dwight Howard lobs there, John. I uh, talked with Dwight Howard about those yesterday, and he mentioned that it was a learning process, that they, they were trying to you know, master throwing that ball over the top. Got a chance to talk to Steve Clifford about that yesterday at practice. Asked him what the challenges were in executing that lob play, a play that the Charlotte Hornets have not been used to executing. Here's what he had to say. Well, I think not just the lob play, but all the high lows. You know, it's a different aspect of offense. It's really, it's a, it's like, you know, the paint catch post-up game is takes a little bit more coordination um, and uh, it's always harder to, uh, you know, it's harder to execute consistently and uh, he's a good target in there and it can add another aspect to our offense. So eventually, you know, we got to get it down, but I, I feel like we're doing okay with it. There's Steve Clifford there yesterday at practice. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting. It's certainly an exciting play. It's certainly a play that gets the people off their feet, gets the people going. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's been fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, that element of it, I think definitely Dwight brings a lot more to the table than Cody. is a little bit more explosive, even in his advanced age. Uh, but I, you know... I have some thoughts on this, and you can read all about it on At The Hive. Oh, Jay, uh, I just put out a... Hey, 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 aimless plug. That's right. Oh Best God. of SB Nation NBA this week I got for that oh, article. Really? That's wow. right. Um, well so, done. Thank you, sir. And yeah, so, but yeah, I put my thoughts in there if you guys want to check it out. But you guys covered it. I mean, we all know what's going on. It's a good problem to have for this year. And and ego wise, Cody's cool with being on the bench, apparently. Yeah. Yep. 
Okay, we've got, uh, let's see, we're, we're running a little long on time, but I still want to get to these uh, officials' points of emphasis because these are important, and then we're going to, we're going to do this Steve Bob eBay segment, I promise, so we stick around for that. For Just people. real quick, uh, so every year the referees, they get together, they decide uh, what they're going to emphasize, what they're going to look at more closely in the upcoming season and changes that they will make. So I wanted to make you aware of those. These will affect every single game. Uh, timeouts, there's no more 20-second timeouts. They reduce the number of timeouts coaches have at the end of games. It's going to really – I know David loves this. This is really going to unlock yes. some of the game flow. You know, not so many timeouts, not so many stoppages that uh, end up being commercial breaks. Uh, this is going to really uh, make the end of games more exciting. Uh, here's what the refs will be looking at. Uh, first of all, you've seen a lot more traveling calls uh, so far in the preseason. That's because the, the refs – are looking at the pivot foot first. So they, when they make these calls, they, they do what's called sequencing. So they're looking at, you know, on a screen, they're looking at defender position, then they go to the offensive player. And so they, they look at things in, in a sequence. So now uh, when, when guys catch, they're, they're looking at the pivot foot first to determine which one that was because they were missing it. And that's why you've seen all these traveling calls because guys are picking up their pivot foot before they dribble, and it's resulting in a travel call. Oh. Also, what you don't like this, David? I, I mean, you don't like I all the travel calls. Sailed. I just no. Well, it's not even you the know, two. The, it's not even the two Jeff, steps Jeff, thing. Jeff Van Gundy. Ben yeah, Gundy during the game tonight, Doug. You, I don't know if you heard this, but he was like, "I know this is an emphasis. I would just like to de-emphasize this." <laughs> it's just, well, it stops the game. Um, yes. But it's like trying to introduce prohibition to the NBA where they're like, okay, but right. we've been traveling yeah. for this what? whole time. This and, well, I guess, it. yeah. And the weird thing is they're not really emphasizing the travel where guys take like five steps, you know, and, and, and right. get into the lane. They're, they're really looking at the pivot, you know, picking up that pivot foot, which is such a technical, yeah. such a technical yeah. aspect of traveling. When it makes it more yeah. obvious when they're calling it too, because it's like a guy's just standing still and then they call him for traveling, which yeah, to the like casual observer, and even like somebody if, who knows basketball well, it doesn't. It's not obvious that the guy traveled as much as it is when a guy's taking seven steps through the lane without dribbling. I will say this right. though: it does give guys like Russ Westbrook, these and Kemba Walker, these extre- extremely quick point guards. It does give them a a you know half a second advantage being able to catch one two and immediately pick up that forward you know pivot foot and drive to the lane. So, you know, it does help the defense out a little bit that they are making these calls, uh, but that's boring and no one likes that and boo, get out of here. I yeah, get it. great. <laughs> um, okay, this one's important because Nick Batum used this a lot, Kimba as well. Um, there's been an uptick in shooting fouls over the screen. So you've seen these. Nick Batum will come off the screen, pull up. Uh, Kimba Walker does the same thing and they'll get contact and they'll get called for the shooting foul. So refs are going to be looking more closely to see if the contact happened before the player went up into his upward shooting motion. So that's what was happening a lot, and it was getting called a shooting foul. You'll see more of those called as uh, just contact fouls, Good. no shots. I like that one. That's fun. Well, it helped the Hornets' offense. So well, a little bit. It had, Batum was really good at it, and Kemba was okay at it. But, the game, but I will take that trade-off. It's like the thing where... It, they, those guys figured out how to manipulate the rule as well, but I don't like watching the game that way, and I don't like it. Like James Harden gets twenty points a game doing stuff like yeah. that. Just he was one of the big ones that they pointed out. Yeah, like the dude drives through the lane too. Like uh, he, he just 
it's smart. He's playing within the rules, and he's like, okay, this will get me to the foul line, and then I can get an extra 15 points a game by just running myself into other people. It's not good basketball. That, yep. (laughs) Uh, Also, defensive closeouts. uh, Seems like the difference is... Uh, so they're, they're, you know these defensive closeouts that uh, guys land in the landing area, and and players get hurt because you know the offensive player will land on a foot and sprain their ankle. The Zaza Pachulia. The Zaza was the big one there. Yeah. So um, they're calling these a little bit differently. It seems like the difference in a foul or not a foul is is if you if you land between the feet or you're going to land like right where their foot would land. And another difference is how aggressively. They actually pointed out a Jeremy Lamb closeout as one that was too aggressive where you really lunge forward with that leg and land it in their landing area. It, it seemed a little vague, but they're, it's kind of a little subjective. Like how aggressive was that? You know, were you just were you just trying to close out and get a hand up or were you intentionally trying to get into their landing zone to, to mess them up? So that's another one. Also, um, all players have to wear shorts this year. That's another one. It's all it's a mandatory <sighs> Got to wear pants. Oh, they're not going with the legless shorts to replace the sleeve jerseys? No. Okay. Got to wear shorts. Um, David, you ever get any closeouts like that in, in like a, a – I haven't played in like a like a real competitive adult league before. Do you, do, does you've anybody just been do playing, that? You've just been uh, facing off against five-year-old basketball teams? Yeah, in the mean streets of New York uh, City and uh, where God <laughs> Sham God came up. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Five-year-olds are tougher there. I, could, I believe that. The, the moments play a lot of zone, so uh, practice the run out. <laughs> the moments. Shout out moments. Okay. All right. Uh, time for, what are we calling this segment? It's Steve. You, we got a song, and you just let the song ride, and it, and it explains it all. Uh, you know, uh, you do have a song. All right. And this I is the do. thing. Instead of just preparing it and, you know, having it fired up, you're like, let me just ask him, like, the creative process behind how do you write a song? Well, first, you steal somebody else's. And then, you just put some words in. Steve up, looking for deals and haunted stuff on eBay this week. Bob looking for Hornet stuff on eBay. Okay, that's the official title. That's a okay. This week, that's the official title. Yes, that is the official title. Uh, maybe, uh, well, you know, the song is it's Steve. sailing by Christopher Cross. Maybe it, failing, fail. Maybe you know that hot meme from ten years ago. <laughs> Classic meme. All right, guys, we got to get through these. We're we're up against the break. Whatever you you want to call it, I I got a couple for you. Are we going to go up on the screen here? Here we go. All right, so calling for shots already. I calling like it. For shots already. Here we go. First up, this is a say. I saved this one from last time. It's still on there somehow. Okay, guys. Oh, this one's. We got a Charlotte Hornets basketball plush NBA vintage pillow. I believe is what the guy is calling it here. Now, uh, this thing is a piece of junk. Um, it looks like something you would. Uh, you would only win through like one of those claw games, you know, at a fair or, you know, perhaps a uh, convenience a, store. Yep. Yep. You go to the convenience store, get your uh, you get your Slim Slams and your yeah. Takis. Yeah. Put a couple of quarters in. Try to nab this ball. Before you go back home to the wife. How much, you say, how much is this one? Before you go back home to the wife, you say, let me play this claw game real quick. 
<laughs> for four hours. This is $60. Okay, that's a few more quarters. Now, again, the thing is, that you only see items like this in these games. And if you've ever won one of these things, you know that the only value of it is really it's the experience of winning it. Mm-hmm. All right? You, it's you, not even... The, the thing about this ball... It's not even in really a ball shape. Not it's, at all. It more it looks like more like a legume. Like it's, a, it's not, more of, it's more of a bean shape. Yep, very beanish for sure. Uh, the description is, uh, "Hello, you are looking at a Charlotte Hornets basketball plush pillow from the '90s." Okay, that's what we're looking at. Uh, the plush looks like looks like it was barely used. As you can see from the photos, okay, that's not confident enough yeah, for me. Look, it looks like it was barely used. As, I've left it outside for years, but it looks like it as was. You barely can used. see from these photos, which I could have just put up there. Also, um, what would the use of this be? Now, it says it's a pillow, so this is supposing that this man would have just slept on this pillow for years and years. Yeah, that's I. I wouldn't buy pillows. No, that's, that's like headphones. Like you don't buy head. You don't, you can't buy used headphones. That is you shouldn't garbage. Buy used pillows. All right, what's next? All right, so that's sixty dollars. So it's a little, that's um too high. That's way too much money. Too much money. I say bring it down, buddy. Let's All go. Right. What's a middle class eBay item here? No middle what's, class this week. We got a bunch of ridiculous ones. All right, <laughs> I got two more for you. Um, this is a new Charlotte Hornets NBA slam dunk vintage. Snapback hat cap. Oh, snapback! Snap now you're now you're talking. What so is this? Okay. this is just Here, a I'm, terrible looking enhance, hat. Enhance the picture. Enhance. You're you're a hat guy. I am. Now Can tell you, me. Doug loves hats. Oh God, you. Okay, so describe this one. It is a man dunking on the hat. Well, this is actually kind of cool. I okay. actually would want this. So this is at first Get I was like, there. it's kind of rare. I've I've never like seen it before. So cool. However, I'll I'll tell you the problem. The guy is literally. Dunking on your head. That's true. And, you know, even just take out the visual context, you're just like, you're getting dunked on. You're getting maybe, dunked on. You know, I kind of I kind of like that. I kind of It kind of would keep me humble. I think just the, remember, you're always getting dunked on. The so. kids would call that being a cuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. And then. All right. Uh, yeah, you don't want to be dunked on. That's I think, true. Is the is the point here? Um, we'll have I, all these. By the way, if you're listening on the podcast, because this is great radio, I don't worry because we're going to have every single link in the show notes so you can participate as well. This is the crown jewel. Though. This this third is one, holy grail. Look at this thing. This zoom is probably on, the best that, thing man. I've ever found on eBay. My period. Goodness, vintage handmade Charlotte Hornets NBA flag banner man cave. I love these things they put in there. So, SEO, my friend. If you're just searching for man cave, this would. How do I start it up? Well, this is an obvious piece. Let's let's zoom in on this this jewel. Oh my gosh, is definitely a handmade. This is a handmade. Oh, there we go. This is a handmade Hornets flag. It's got uh, the text. The text looks handwritten, and then Hugo the Hornet dribbling a basketball. Sort of a approximation of not even. This was sort of uh, the the vintage Hugo, the first Hugo, David. Yeah, this is like not literally even, the first like undercooked. I, I just did a search. Yeah, I just did a search on mine for Hornets man cave, and this came up. I'm looking at it with you guys. Okay, great. This is this is beautiful. All right, now I want to make this clear. I have to buy this, mm-hmm. so please don't uh, jump, don't steal it. Um, I wonder if it's big enough to wear as a cape. It is humongous, my friend. I would I would wear that as a as a cape. To it's a listed game. as 54 inches uh, long, which that's is, a lot of inches. That's a lot. Uh, my favorite, my favorite part is he got his index finger up, like uh, 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 uh. Oh no, no, you no. think he's going Matumbo with it? 
Here's my. I the, so. or, or it looks like he could be holding it up to his his weird weird lips and giving a shh. The underrated part yeah. of this for me is the fact that the the ball that he is supposed to be dribbling has no dimensionality to it at all. Very two D. Mm-hmm. And but but he did. Very uh, but he did very. It looks like a legume. But he did uh, do the finger behind the ball. <laughs> So he he does understand that it, that there are three dimensions, and so he looks like he's just holding a paper basketball. Uh, that's called palming the basketball, Douglas, and that's something that yep. Michael Jordan and myself and David and all, all the true that greats can is do. Exactly what a that's what a sham god looks like, Doug. <laughs> that, that's a sham god, right there. Um, but yeah, I mean, just breathtaking. Really, it's the worst thing I've ever seen. And but I will give the guy credit. It's how much? How much is twenty five bucks? Or didn't it say or best offer or best offer? That's right. Um, I'm gonna offer him more. But I, again, I really it love the, the man cave inclusion because you know some guys looking at bit. this and he's like, I like it. My, listen, my man cave was a boy cave before I, I bought this. I like it, but flags are kind of girly, right? No, it says it right there in the description. It's for a man's man. cave, and that's uh, wow. that's gonna be it for this week. So uh, give me some outro. People just want the song, I think. Nobody listened for the middle part. <laughs> it's Steve Bob. That's me. Looking for deals and haunted stuff on eBay this week. All right, that'll do it for us here on Locked on Hornets. Thanks so much for listening or watching on YouTube.com forward slash Locked on Hornets. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Hornets. Subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Locked on Hornets. And you can send your questions and thoughts to us, buzzbuzz, at LockedOnHornets.com. Or, of course, you can hit us up on uh, Twitter. This has been a fun show. Thanks so much to Steve Bob to David and the entire crew here that makes this show happen. I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Beat the Mavericks. Let's swarm Charlotte.